Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the time that we can come together and and share knowledge and help us to learn, help us to grow and to gain something new that we can apply to our lives. In your name, amen. So the class I'm teaching today is about farm efficiencies. And a little introduction about myself. Um, my name is Caleb Dysinger. I've grown up on my parents' farm. They've been farming for about 25 years. And I'm not an not a expert on lean or efficiencies or anything like that. And I'm not doing this class. I'm a great presenter or anything, but I just want to learn. And so the best way to learn is to share with others. And I enjoy efficiencies and lean. And so I thought, well, hopefully I could teach something and y'all can come away with something new. So what is lean? Learning to see waste. And waste is anything that doesn't add value to yourself or to the customers. Lean is continuously eliminating the waste. Work is anything that adds value to the customer. Waste is anything that doesn't. The goal is zero waste and 100% work. And so that's a, that's a really high goal because probably over 90% of what everybody does in life is like waste in a certain way because it's not necessarily adding value to you or to you know in a business to the customer there's a lot of a lot of things that might seem necessary to produce something but that aren't the actual process that adds value to yourself or the customer so zero you know zero waste and 100% work that's kind of unrealistic but it's a goal that we should have and and try to accomplish. So why lean? Lean increases profitability and quality well and quality while decreasing effort and defects. And this is a quote from Christ Object Lessons I thought fit in good since this is an Adventist um, association and it's, you know everything we do should be to glorify God. So it says, it is the duty of every Christian to acquire habits of order, thoroughness, and dispatch. There is no excuse for slow bungling at work of any character. When one is always at work and the work is never done, it is because mind and heart are not put into the labor. That's a good, good quote, you know. There's so much, so much work that could be done more efficiently, and we need to apply thought and mind and heart into our labor as we do it in every day. So learn to see waste. Memorize the eight ways. So these eight ways are a, they're a, the eight ways are made up, Toyota came up with them a long time ago, and Toyota is known for lean production. Um, they, 
made these wastes as kind of categories that all things that do not add value to the customer can fit under these eight categories. So number one is overproduction. Unsold goods is lots, it's lots of waste because of the, um, all of the, all of the work that's been put into them. And there's many reasons for overproduction. It could be, you know, bad forecasting, um, bad planning, many other reasons for overproduction. And yeah, let me see, why is this? Oh, there we go. So, so when you overproduce, you're displacing energy that could have been used to produce something that the customer valued. So overproduction is just displaced energy because there's always something else that the customer would have preferred, and so you're overproducing in an area that they don't want. And taking product to more places than is necessary is a form of overproduction. So for us on our farm, for a while we were doing three markets, but that was over overproduction for us because yeah, yeah. So it also falls under um, transportation. Is when you bring things to more locations than is necessary. You know the um, the customer doesn't necessarily appreciate it. And if you can do with only doing two deliveries instead of doing three, that's gonna save on a lot of a lot of cost for you and it might not add value to the customer. So the number two waste is transportation. So as I said, taking things to more locations than necessary, you know, that might not always pay off if you can take it to less locations. Um, takes time and resources that you could be doing something else to add value to your customers. And then the number th number three, inventory. Yeah, so transportation waste on the farm can be many different, you know, if you're spread out too much, if your fields aren't close to the barn or your barn isn't close to the walk-in cooler, um, all these things can add up and they're all transportation that might, you know, the customer doesn't care how far your field is from your barn. They just want to get the, the product for cheap. So if you're hauling it, you know, half a mile, it's going to take up time and somebody's got to pay you for that work. So the customer doesn't want to. So that is excess transportation. So number two, inventory keeping more materials on hand than necessary, which can tie up capacity, you know, in ways that you could have used that, you know, if you have a bunch of something that you don't need right away, you could have invested that money into something else that would have been more profitable to, you know, expand your business. Defects. And so defects are a major source of waste because of loss of inventory and time and money. So defects on a farm could be poor handling, poor storage, or many causes of defects. 
Um, weeds are a major cause of defect because, you know, if imagine you have a crop of lettuce and you have a bunch of weeds, that is going to, um, you know, it's going to block out sunlight. Your lettuce isn't going to um, leaf out and be as nice of a head. It's going to trap moisture, which is going to cause the lettuce to rot. And it's going to, you know, steal nutrients from the soil that could have been used. You know, the lettuce could have used it. So that's a major, major defect is weeds. They can, they're in the way in every, every cause basically. So number five, excess motion. Excess motion can include handling product too much. So, you know, moving it, picking it, picking it, hauling it, loading it into bins, moving the bins, you know, all, those are all excess motions that you try to eliminate, you know, move it once or twice if necessary, but try not to move stuff more than is, more than you might need to. Um, so if your farm is also spread out too much, you know, if you, again, if your fields are too far from your processing areas, that's going to cause a lot of excess motion. Number six, or actually a couple more things on excess motion. So we have, um, we created another to a separate tool wall because we have all of our tools up at the barn, but we have greenhouses that are a ways away, probably 100, 150 yards away from our barn. And whenever we needed a tool that we didn't have down there, we'd have to hike all the way back up to the barn. And it was a huge, you know, huge waste of time. So we ended up making a second tool wall with all the tools that were necessary for day in and day out work down by our other greenhouses so that now whenever we need, you know, oh, I forgot the string line for marking out the beds. You can just run over to that tool wall. It's way closer. It'll save you five, 10 minutes, you know, every time you forget a tool. And excess motion can also be like, you know, say you're producing tomatoes and they might be a little bit dirty. Wiping them all down might not be necessary. The customer might not really care that much. So just kind of trying to minimize your work in certain areas that aren't valuable. Overproduction, or overprocessing, I mean. Number six, overprocessing. So this can be, you know, many different ways. You know, all these wastes and all these examples might be on our farm, might not be on your farm. Everybody has different wastes on their farm. So, you know, some some things might be bagging items that don't necessarily need to be bagged or bunching items. Like for us on our farm, bunching carrots, we'll bunch them and it takes a lot longer to pick them and the tops have to be looking nice, it takes a lot longer to wash them. But we sell this exact same amount if we do bag them. So we're processing them more, but it takes a lot less time. So you have to know what your customer wants. And sometimes they want stuff bagged, sometimes they don't care. And if you don't have to bag it, that's great. Sometimes labeling is necessary. A lot of times it's not. So you have to figure out all these things for your farm your circumstances. A lot of farms will triple wash 
all their greens. For us, we don't we don't need to do that. You know, the our customers don't really care if we triple wash them or single wash them. So that's a lot a lot less processing. Number seven, waiting. So this can happen when you're giving, especially when you're giving employees unclear directions, and then they're like, oh, did he say to do this? Oh, let me see. You know, I can wait. He's coming down in a couple minutes. Um, it can, you know, other waiting wastes could be if your product is, you know, you harvest it, it's out in the field too long, so you're waiting to take it up to the barn, which is then it starts losing value because of the sun, it's starting to wilt. Um, you can lose value in many ways by having your product sitting. You know, especially with veggies, they only go down in value the longer you wait to get them to the customer. And then the number eight waste is unused human potential. So when somebody's doing a job that is maybe, you know, not so important or they could be doing something better with their time, so back to like the, you know, weedy bed of lettuce. Like if you have somebody just weeding lettuce every day, you know, because you have a bunch of lettuce and it's incredibly weedy, that's probably unused human potential. You know, you could be putting, growing that lettuce in landscape fabric and then having that person doing something else on the farm that's going to be adding a lot more value to you. So unused human potential can be many different things, but having people work where they are best fitted is important to get the most out of most out of your things. So continuous improvement. It's a mindset and there's a number of keys to continuously improving and building, you know, a lean farm. And I actually wanted to show a little video that I thought was great. Um, so just a little background on this uh, video. It's a, it's a short clip. It's about five minutes from a about 25 minute video. And the guy who's doing this video, his name's Paul Akers. He has a business out of Washington called FastCap, and he has been doing lean manufacturing for about 20, 20, 25 years. And in my opinion, he has the best um, lean culture. It's He makes everything so simple, and he tries to just continuously improve upon every process. And he has tons of videos and resources out there that are all free. And I'll be talking about some of his stuff later on, too. But this is just a short clip of of a video, so it's of a continuously improved. So that's just kind of a little short, cheesy video, and continuous improvement. Um, they just take, you know, it's it's not just about, you know, obviously this isn't a farm. It's applies to every aspect of life. Looking at what is the value-added activity? What's the non-value-added activity? Obviously, every time you're reaching for something, moving your hands, nothing's getting done. You have to be moving something, changing something to be adding value. So that's, you know, it just shows you that it's not all in about manufacturing. It's not all farm. It's life. You can change everything by just continuously improving.
and looking for what is taking the time. And, you know, it's as I said, this is just a short clip. So they took it from like a 47-minute 40, process and at the 47-second, yes, sorry. And then they brought it down to a 14-second process at the end of the video. And it's not just because they were working more frantic and faster. They just kept on moving, adjusting things, seeing what's the pain point of this process, you know, what, what's holding me up, what's adding value, what's not. And so it's just a mindset. When you m- memorize the eight ways, when you learn them, you're going to see them in everyday life and in every situation. You know, everything in life is a process, and you can improve every process. So this is just some pictures of a greens bubbler we have. And this greens bubbler has been through many, many improvements, and I'm sure it has many more to go. But I'll just talk about a few. And so, number one, it's kind of hard to see in some of these pictures, but the bottom bottom right-hand picture, you can see the valve. You know, we don't have a valve that flows straight into the concrete because we'd have to tear up the concrete for where it's at. So originally we had a piece of PVC and we would have to, there's a grate in the floor where the drain is. So we'd have to get a little hook and pull out that grate, stick the PVC in and it would go into the hole. And then we'd bend over again, open up the valve and it would drain. But it was just a lot of work. So then we thought, you know, hey, if you put a stand on the PVC, then it's not going to be falling over and you could just set it over top of the drain. So you can kind of see there's a little A-frame piece of metal that's tied onto the pipe. So then you just stick the pipe in and you don't have to take out the grate because it's not going to fall because it has a stand supporting it. So you put that in and then, you know, just open up the valve and it would drain through the grate. So then we we're like, well, it's annoying to be putting this thing in and out. So we had some, f- some flexible um, tubing and just stuck that on on the drain there as kind of like a pivot point so now you know you you can have you can just move that to right over the drain and that just flows straight out into the drain and you don't have to be removing the grate or anything and then we so we had a two inch ball valve and if anybody uses ball valves a bunch they can get pretty hard to what pvc yeah pvc ball valves they can get pretty hard to move after a while. And so it was just kind of annoying. It was really hard to move. You know, sometimes people are like, hey, can you come open this? I can't get it open, you know, the interns or whatever. Um, some of the ladies couldn't get it open because it was really hard after a while. So I was like, all right, let's see if we can, you know, fix that and make it a little bit easier. So I put a gate valve, which is way easier to open and then I extended the handle on it. You can kind of see um, in this picture, I extended the handle through, you know, from the gate valve up through the lid, through the rim of the washer and put a handle on top of that. So now all you have to do is just lift it up and it's super easy. You just kick the drain over, it goes right over the hole and you can just drain it. Saves bending over a couple of times, dealing with hard, to turn ball valves and it's just continuously looking at all right what's what's the pain point of this process yeah so what's the pain point of this process what you know what's annoying and 
also with filling it, you can see there is a, what's called a Hudson valve, so it's a float valve. Um, so before we would just open it up and then it'd fill up and then we'd shut it off. But it takes like seven or eight minutes to fill up. And so we, you know, oftentimes you're not sitting around right then. And so then you're going off to do something else. You come back, it's overflowing, you know, whatnot. So you put a, a float valve in it, then it always fills up. You know, you just turn it on, go out to harvest, come back, and it's filled up to the perfect height and it's shut off. And it's great, you know, it saved a lot of time compared to what the process used to be. And as I said, I'm sure there's going to be many more improvements to that washing station. But we also, we need some more area for processing. So we um, made a second processing area. And here's a couple pictures of that. Basically what we did for here, because we have gravity flow water, that is very low PSI and out here we only had a three quarter inch PEX line. So we plumbed, we went up to a holding tank above and put a Hudson valve in that. So that top tank always stays open or the top tank always stays full because the valve is just open. And then we put a three inch pipe down with another gate valve because they're so much easier to open compared to a ball valve and then that just flows into the tank. So instead of the top tank with our pressure and the volume that is in this room, it takes 15 minutes to fill up the top tank, but with the holding tank above, you know, that just automatically fills up. And then when we need to swap out the water, it takes, takes the tank about 30, I timed it as about 30, 39 seconds to empty. And then we can open that top gate and the top gate valve and it fills from the holding tank into our washing tank and it fills up that in 15 seconds, you know, so you can it's take a process that would have taken, you know, well over 15 minutes to empty it, rinse it out and refill it. And by adding the holding tank, it took that process to down to you can do it in under a minute and a half easy. So it increases, you know, you don't have to be waiting around. And also just by doing that, we increased, you're gonna increase your quality of your work too. Because the other day I was washing some greens and it was like, you know, 5.36, we were supposed to be getting off. And I had a couple more to wash and the water was getting dirty. And before I would have been like, all right, you know, it's gonna take 15 minutes to swap the water out. I don't feel like waiting, it's gonna be good enough, you know? But with this system, I was able to, you know, just empty, empty the one, the washing tank, rinse it out, fill it up in a minute, minute and 30 seconds max, and then continue washing. So it increases your, increases your, um, increases your efficiency and product quality of product by being able to exchange the water that fast. So that's just one way that this washing area is improved. Um, we also, you can see here, just little things, you know, the, the hose for rinsing the tank out has a little hook. We have a hook there for wiping off the bins if they need, if they have an old label on them or if they're wet. And then we use these chalk pins for writing on all of our bins, so labeling them. 
and that pin has a magnet um, taped to it and then there's a little piece of red tape on the post there so you always know exactly where it goes you always put it right back you know it's very easy and it's kind of just makes it almost mindless you know exactly where it goes it's easy to see so straightening the noodle it's kind of a it's a way that people talk about um, is it's lean manufacturing it came out of Japan and it's a way of looking at your processes from above and thinking all right how how am I doing this process where am I having to walk to um, how many times do I have to go from here to there and trying to straighten that out and make your processes more efficient more streamlined so with our original our original washing area whenever you have a bin of kale or whatever you'd come unload it on the porch and you have to pick it up walk eight or so feet open up the door go you know another eight feet open up to the door into the kitchen wash it put it in bins walk another 10 feet to go through another door and then you have to go into our cooler which is another door after that so it's, it's a lot of work just to get one bin from the back of the golf cart into the cooler and so with our second washing station it's right up next to the cooler and we have a loading dock so you come driving up with a golf cart unload it it's like five feet from the loading dock to the wash tank wash it stick it in your bins and it's at max you know another five feet into the cooler so we took a process that took you know you had to walk 45 feet had to go through four doors and took that same process and turned it into walking 10 feet and going through one door which is going to save you a lot of time in the long run so 5s lean workplace 5s is a print there it's kind of a principles of lean work so the 5s's are sort set in order shine standardize and sustain So the number one S, keep only, or sort, number one, keep only what is necessary and discard everything else where, when in doubt, throw it out. So get rid of what you don't need and, and that will have several advantages. You know, you have less tools, you have better ones. Um, by sorting, you can have a cleaner workspace and you have the tools that you need. What you don't need, you don't have. Um, so that's the first thing. Second, it's easier to take care of a few carefully chosen items rather than a barn full of random items. And third, it's easier to see your product as it moves around your farm if there's fewer things cl clogging your production area. So that's sort. You just sort out what you don't need and minimize it to bare minimum and you'll be able to keep your product production area cleaner and the work will flow smoother. And when you're sorting, it sometimes, you know, they say, you know, if you don't need it, you know, you can use it 
if you don't need it in a week or whatever, get rid of it. Sometimes that works. A lot of times on a farm that is completely, you know, un, you know, you can't, it's unrealistic. So they have a, something called a red tag room. So you can put items that you're not sure if you need in a red tag room and hold them in there for a while and see, do I really need this? You know, sometimes you won't need an item for a long time, but then occasionally you do need it. You know, things for us that we don't use a whole lot would be like our water pump. Like we rarely need it because everything's gravity flow from our pond. But when we do need it, because the pond irrigation has an issue and then we'll be pumping out of our creek, it's definitely necessary, but that might be only every couple of years. So you can't just be like, well, I haven't used it in the past year, let me just get rid of it. And the same with a generator, you know, we don't, you know, we have power, everything normally works, but there's always occasions that you're gonna need a generator and you have to keep those things around there's plenty of seasonal items like, you know, a leak dibbler. You only use that once a year when you're planting leeks. So you can't be like, well, I haven't used it in the past two months. You know, I obviously don't need it. Well, no, you might still need it. So number two, set an order. Arranging and labeling only necessary items for easy use and to return and return by everyone. So if, you're, if your tools are in order, it's easier for everybody to use them. So every tool should have a place. The goal is anyone can get a tool without a ton of instruction. And you can store them um, in frequency of use. So if you use a tool a bunch, have it in a more accessible, easy to access location. If you have tools that rarely need use, you know, you rarely use them, store them a little more out of the way and then it'll you know free up all your other areas for tools that you need more so with setting an order you need to label your things so you know where they are you can use shadow boarding it's another often used um, often used thing kaizen foam is another so it's basically it's a foam that you can cut out the shape of a tool and it has multiple layers so you just cut out and then you can pull out however many layers so that the foam or your tool sits down in the foam. So those are cool things for setting an order. Number three, shine. Keep everything swept and clean for inspections and safety and to prevent ma- and preventative maintenance of equipment. So if a space starts out clean, it's a lot more likely that it's going to end up clean. I'm sure all of you have experienced that. You know, if, if it starts out clean, you have a motivation to return it to that. It's easier to see what you need, what needs done if there's not, you know, a bunch of dirt and trash in your work area. Whoops. Um, here, sorry. Just get forward a bunch. It's easier to see what needs done if there's not a bunch of dirt and stuff in your area. Clean farm is also safer, less injuries, and there's a lot, you know, the farm, if a farm's clean, it's a lot better for everything. You know, there's many advantages of keeping things clean. Standardize, number four. The state 
that exists when the first three pillars or S's are properly maintained. The same task should be performed the same way no matter who's doing the work. So there's many things that we've standardized on our farm. Um, we've standardized harvest totes. We have two different types of harvest bins, a deep one and a shallow one. We've standardized our growing areas and many other things. And standards also include for your processing areas and stuff, it can help to have photos of what those areas look like when they're, when they're clean. So a good standard will have a good clean, you know, photo of a good clean area and that'll help you to, you know, know what the standard is when you're cleaning and try to make it look as good as that. Five, sustain. Making a habit of properly maintaining, ma making a habit of properly maintaining correct processes. So sustaining the five S's is all about applying self-discipline and, re and regular audits. So it's easy to sustain things if you have a process that shows you exactly what it's supposed to be. And then also whenever you're doing a task, um, some people call it return to zero, you know, try to get everything back to its original home. And you can have daily or weekly um, cleaning routines to keep, keep your processes, you know, your places clean and sustain the five S's of sort, set in order, shine, standardize, and sustain. So standardization has been a big part of something on our farm. Um, we've standardized our irrigation, and so we've standardized our pl our our plot sizes. So we have we have two plot sizes. It would be a lot nicer if we just had one, but the way our farm was set up, you know, we have two plot sizes: fifty foot plots and hundred foot plots, and so then we can standardize irrigation silage tarps, row covers, landscape fabric, and fertilizer rates. You know, if you're applying fertilizer to multiple plots, you know, it's all the same math. And it makes it a lot easier for, you know, if, you're, if your farm is all laid out in the same plots, sizes, because we used to have multiple plots and we would always be digging through row covers, pulling out stuff, you know, will this one fit? Oh, it's the wrong size. Put it back. You know, it's just nice if everything can be the exact same size. Makes life a whole lot easier. So visual controls is just a way of visually seeing where things are supposed to go. So for this for this rack of stuff in our tool room, you know, it's a whole nuts and bolts and screws and all kinds of random hardware that we keep on hand for random projects and we used to just have the shelves but then I've you know uh, things would get taken multiple things at a time and then they get put back in you know wherever there was an empty space 
And so then it's like, okay, nuts and bolts, they were here. Oh, I guess nuts and bolts didn't get put back there. And so then you're sorting through the whole, whole shelf. So by color coordinating them, all of the, you know, the black bins go on the black shelf. All of the white bins go on the white shelf. All the red, you know, et cetera. It just makes it so much easier. You know, unless you're colorblind, it's pretty obviously if something's in the right space. Um, you know, it's not, this is just um, controlled by shelf, so it's not, you know, exact to the space. But there's, you know, you can also number them. So if all of the right bins on the shelf are number one, all of the, you know, next ones over are number two. So then if you want to get, you know, exact enough, that everything has you know the right shelf right right place on the shelf there's many ways of doing it you could you know write labels for everything but everybody's different i personally don't like reading lots of labels i like to see you know from a distance all right the red one goes on the red shelf it's number three that means this third one over you know it's a lot easier to control and here's just a picture of kaizen foam it's the foam, you know, you can cut out the shape of the tool and they make it so that it comes in, you know, the top layer is black and the bottom layers can be whatever color you choose. And so it's easy to see what tools are missing, what tools are being used, and it's easy to put things away. So fix what bugs you. It's a, it's a thing on the farm or in life, it's not, not at all just on the farm that when something is when a process isn't running well it's probably going to annoy you a little bit and just a couple few examples here's just a harvest knife and we use them for harvesting all kinds of stuff and whenever we're harvesting greens we harvest them bunch them and cut the ends and so one time I was just working and trying to think continuous improvement what could be improved about this process so you, you know you grab a bunch you grab your knife or you band it, grab your knife, cut, and then you got to stick your knife back in the sheath. And so whenever you have to stick your knife back in your sheath, you have to look and it just takes, you know, it takes half a second, but it's annoying when you're harvesting hundreds of bunches a week. And so I was like, well, if we put a magnet in the sheath, that'll, you know, then you can just slap your knife to the magnet. So the way that these sheaths are, there's a, a plastic sheath inside of the cloth. So you can slide a magnet down in between, and then whenever you're harvesting, you can just slap it, you know, put your knife right back there, and it saves about a second every time. You don't have to be looking and sticking it right back into the sheath, and it just makes it a lot easier, and the knife will stay better in the sheath because of the magnet, so it's not as likely to fall out or get lost. So just simple things. When something's bugging you, it's like, oh, this is kind of annoying having to look every time. Just think, how could I improve this process? Just another simple illustration of fix what bugs you. We have a little bridge across our creek, and I have to go across this bridge at least four times a day because of some chores I have. So whenever I go across it, I'm either riding my bike or riding my one wheel. And it's an old bridge, needs some maintenance, and the handrail posts were leaning way in, and they were actually, it was narrower than my bike handles. So whenever I go, I slow down, and I turn my handlebars as I ride through, and it's just one of those things you do every day, but you don't even think about it, and I've, of course, I've hit my knuckles on the post before, 
and I was just riding. I was like, goodness, why am I just living with this? Like, I just hopped off my bike. I wiggled the post straight, you know, tamped it down. And it's it's a much wider. I can go faster because I don't have to slow down and maneuver my handlebars as I go through it. And it's just one of those processes I do four times a day. And it's just a little thing that if you don't think about it, they can just go on forever. And it's just once you do it, it's like, wow, your life benefits for forever just because you did that one thing. And if I'm not biking, I'm riding my one wheel. And on the other side, there was about, you know, a two inch step up. So I just took some gravel and piled it up, kind of ramped straight onto there. And I don't have to slow down as much and worry about, you know, wrecking or my one wheel flying off into the creek or something whenever I cross the bridge. So it's just a little thing, fix what bugs you. Um, This is just a video I made. So we have, we used to do trellising tomatoes on tomahawks and we'd have to wind a couple hundred, you know, probably 400 tomahawks every spring. And it's a lot of work because you got to put about 20 feet of string on every tomahawk. And these are just little pieces of metal hooks that you wrap string on and then you can lower the string down as the tomatoes grow throughout the season. And so one time when we were wrapping them, I was like, surely this could be improved. So I made this little jig, and I wish I had a video of it when it was more finished, but this was just one of the prototypes. So I improved upon it a lot after this video, but it just kind of shows short. I basically, you stick it up there. I put magnets in it, and so then you just tie the string onto it. And we'd tie double knot so that it doesn't come off come season, later in the season. And then you just wind it up with the drill. And it's just a simple process that we made a lot more efficient. And as I said, I made way more improvements after this version of it and got to where I could wind 10 tomahawks with 20 foot of string each in under two minutes, which was a huge improvement on winding them by hand. But with continuous improvement, um, you never, oops, you never finish. And so we actually don't even use that anymore. And I don't really care because we have a better, a better system called the clipper system and it's more efficient. And so we've improved to that and it's faster. We don't have to wind these anymore. Even though it had an efficient process, it was still all waste, you know? So it's just eliminating it. Don't worry about if you spend a bunch of time or money in a certain way. If there's a way that you can do it better, always choose the better way. And you might be like, well, I spent a bunch of money making this process, you know, but always try to improve. So little things that you can improve upon every day. These are just simple, simple things. that are kind of common. Motion detecting light switches are awesome. Um, We've installed these a lot of places in our barn. Um, Places that are really nice that we have them is in the cooler and tool room because when you're going in there, if you think about it, when you're going into the cooler, you're either taking something in, you're putting something in the cooler so you have something in your hands, or you're taking something out so you have something in your hands either way. And the same with the tool room. And so you, you always have to turn on a light or turn off a light, and it gets annoying. So just put a motion-detecting light switch 
and it'll save a lot of time every time you have to go into there. And then the second is just these little door foot openers. I'm sure you all have seen them in public bathrooms and stuff. Those are awesome if, you know, obviously they only work if your door doesn't have a latch. So they're not, you can't put them everywhere. And then the other one is just um, a knee, knee pedals for a sink. So a hand washing sink. They make these with foot pedals. You can either control them with your foot or knee. When I first saw these, I was like, I didn't know how well it would work, but I tried it and I was like, wow, that's actually pretty intuitive and it works great. Um, it's more clean, you know, you're not dirty hands turning the sink on, wash, and then you got clean hands touching what you just touched with dirty hands, you know? It just makes it a lot better and you don't have to, you know, you just hit it with your knee. So there's so many things in everyday life that can be improved and just such simple things like bottles of shampoo. I'm sure all of y'all have seen like bottles. They're not so common anymore, I feel like, but I feel like I definitely remember using to have some that, or we used to have some that, you know, you unscrew the top and put shampoo, screw the top back on. Then they made, you know, ones with flip tops, which is a little bit better. But then, you know, everything can be continuously improved. They put a pump in it. That's even great, you know, much better. And now you can buy, you know, three for shampoo, conditioner, and soap. And it's just little things in everyday life that once you do that, you know, you're going you're gonna, to um, enjoy that for the rest of your life, not having to open up a bottle of shampoo. But it's just the simple things that add up. So a few resources. Um... These are some great resources. Paul Akers, I talked about him a little bit earlier. Um, I love all of his stuff. He does. He posts tons of YouTube videos. Um, he has, you know, FastCap is his company. So if you look at their YouTube channel or Paul Akers, um, there's also Quantum Lean is another YouTube channel that I love. And then some books. Um, the Lean Farm by Ben Hartman. It's a great book about farming and lean. And then one other, um, this app is called the Two Second Lean Play app. It's by Paul Akers, and it's 100% free. He has all of his books and multiple other books. There's over 10 books on there. Everything's free. Um, you might have to put your email in, but I've like never got an email from them. Um, it's just super simple. The Two Second Lean app is great, or the app and the Two Second Lean book. It's, you know, a great book. I've listened to it multiple times, and all his other ones are very good, too. Obviously, he's not an Adventist, so when it comes to, you know, lean health or lean life, there's going to be some things that we disagree with, but overall, it's a solid book, and, I mean, you can't go wrong with all these books. They're all on, you know, you can all listen to them or read them on the Kindle version or whatever. It's 100% free. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. So, conclusion. Lean is simple. It's not some super complicated thing. It's just learn to see waste. So if you memorize the eight wastes, the more you memorize them, the more you're going to see it. And then fix what bugs you. Whenever you have a process, whenever something's a little bit annoying, a little, it's like, man, I feel like there's probably a better way to do it. Just stop and think about it for a while 
and you're going to come up with a better way and so you know just fix what bugs you and then continuous improvement so just continually think about your prod your processes as you go through your day think about what could be improved every process can be improved in so many ways so just continuously improve those processes so that is basically the end of the presentation another thing I thought to do and I'd be interested if anybody's interested is doing like um, it would be a whatsapp chat and just for people to post improvements of their farm or everyday life and if anybody's interested you can just come and talk to me about that and I'll definitely get your number and we could start that but it's a chat it's not just going to be me posting what I've improved you know you got to in post something that you've improved in your daily life you know a little something that you fixed that was bugging you or just a way that you saw waste in a process and eliminated it so if anybody's interested in that just come and ask me and we can get that set up so now it's time for questions if anybody has any questions on anything can do that now all right one question okay the question is packaging things efficiently um, that can be I mean you know as I said every farm is different so what we do on our farm or what we do in our processing area it might not work for you but just processing things efficiently one thing you know one principle of lean is single piece flow so handling items less less than you have to so basically I'll set it up so you have your bag of, you know your bin of greens and then you have your scale right here and then we have a bag tying machine that we use and then our box of um, greens that we you know we, we put them into for delivery so you know you if you have it set up in a way that you can just grab you know grab your bag fill it up weigh it tie it and stick it in the box without taking one step or without setting it down and having to pick it back up that's one way that you can do it more efficiently um, you know oftentimes we used to do it and sometimes we still do because it depends you have to time every process and see you know what's most efficient but sometimes you know we used to bag everything then you know bag it and weigh it then you pile it up then you have to pick it up again and tie it and then you know st have a pile of stuff and then pick those up and put them into the bins so there's just many you know you just have to it's not like I can just tell you how to bag it efficiently you have to see waste and so you have to be like all right this is adding value this moving it right here is not so how can I eliminate that oh, I can move this closer and just try to improve your processes when question uh, just a comment, um, yeah I, I can imagine that uh, Jesus didn't waste any movements in the shop. yes the comment was I can sure Jesus didn't waste any movements in the carpenter shop I'm sure that is true um, Paul Akers so he has a company called fast cap I'm not sure if that was on the fast cap YouTube channel or Paul Akers but he has I mean he posted A-K-E-R-S, is that right? I think so yeah he has posted hundreds and hundreds of videos. Um, he believes that that's part of Lean is showing what he's done, and it helps him, you know, improve his processes. 
So he has tons of videos and the books that are all free, just great resources. Um, so the question is about kind of about bagging and the, the tying off of the bags with the taper. Um, we still use that, but you know, it, it might be something that we've been changing. We've talked about it um, some. So the question is kind of if we know about a good twist tie machine or a Ziploc bags, we don't really. Um, we haven't figured that out ourselves, um, but we have to, you know, it's just if the customer values a twisty tie a lot more than they do a tape bag because they have to cut it and have to redo, you know, put it in a Ziploc or whatever, then it's worth it. So yeah, we we don't really, we still use the bag type taper, but we probably will be changing that. Yeah, so the question is expense versus efficiency. How do you weigh it? And it's a very tricky question. And I've thought about this, you know, myself in many different, many different, you know, um, processes that I've improved. So, you know, it's like, well, it saved me five seconds a day. Well, but it took two hours. Well, how do you, you know, how long does it take to pay off? And what's the benefit? So it can be very hard to know how much to, you know, what's get, what's going to return on value, you know, what's going to be the return on value. But it's not just about value, it's about quality of life and it's about all these other things. So you have to look at it in a broad sense. You know, it can be tricky to, tricky to say how you could, you know, do that exactly. It's not a great answer to your question, sorry. But, it's, yeah, I don't personally have a great, yeah, I don't know myself how to figure out how to figure out what will repay itself in time. Is there any other questions? If not, yeah, if not, if you think of anything afterwards, don't worry, come and ask me. Um, but if not, we'll just close up and we'll see you all around. This media was brought to you by Audioverse a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.